0: Love,
1: Hope, Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering you to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway Pierce. A live person is not available to take your call.
0: Well, hi to all of you and welcome to the Sziwe Show. My name is Sziwe and welcome to our series on successful relationships for a different kind of conversation about what makes relationships tick. Now, as you can tell by this introduction, we are talking about adult topics, So please exercise your discretion if you have young ears around. You can catch this and any other past show at any time by visiting the website, blogtalkradio.com slash and scrolling down to the on-demand shows. For those of you living in the United States, happy Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July. I hope you have plans to get with friends and eat too much which is uh, something that I've already started doing. If you would like to join us on Facebook, look for the public group called Successful Relationships or the fan page, The Speeway Show. You can also send me an email at success7 at groups.facebook.com. Now, the topic today is Your Happiness, Your Misery, Your Choice. The current state of your life is the result of choices that you have made, perhaps even in response to events or other occurrences, but the good news is that you have the power to change where you are for the better. Today, I am very excited to introduce you to my guest speaker, Amazon.com bestselling author, Barbara Hoffmeister, who hails all the way from Germany. So she is in her afternoon in Germany, and I am in my morning in Minnesota. This is the power of technology at work. Barbara is going to share with us some of the wisdom from her very popular book, which is aptly called To Be or Not To Be, The Choice Is Yours. If you would like to pick up a copy, and I suggest you do, you can visit thetobebook.com, www.thetobebook.com, or you can also find it on Amazon.com. This book is all about how to clarify your dreams and start living a life of joy and passion. Will this improve your interpersonal relationships? You bet. So a bit more about Barbara. In addition to being a best-selling author, she is an internationally renowned speaker and expert on the topic of human growth. In the last few years alone, she spoke to over 15,000 people, helping them to get their dreams back and the courage to make those dreams come true. Barbara's mission is to help as many people as possible to rediscover their dreams and to gain the confidence and belief in themselves to actually make the dreams come true. Barbara is a passionate advocate of constant learning and reinventing yourself. On a personal note, I think Barbara and I were just destined to find each other because I discovered in reading her blog that we were both born on the same day, which is May the 29th. And while I don't believe in the predictive value of horoscopes, I do find that there are similarities between people born at the same time of year. When I read her book, I learned that Barbara, has, uh, Barbara and I shared a dream of riding motorcycles. So Barbara ran out and bought a Harley-Davidson motorcycle and toured Europe, and just two months ago, I bought my Harley, and I'm riding around Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, Barbara quotes Zig Ziglar several times in her book, and wouldn't you know it, my favorite motivational speaker is Zig Ziglar, and that's just what I picked up, not even having talked to her yet, and I think we might both be into meditation. So to you, my Gemini twin, Barbara, welcome to the Steward Show.
2: Well, thank you so much, Phoebe. Thank you.
0: Thank you for the the lovely
2: introduction. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, the people that were born on 29th of May are special people.
3: (laughs) As we can be from both of us,
2: right? (laughs) So the first
0: question I have, which is the most important question, is what kind of Harley-Davidson motorcycle do you have?
2: I don't have it anymore. I sold it, and I feel so envious that you've got one right now because, yeah, I sold it while I was living in southern Spain because I didn't like riding it there, you know, because it's very dry there and very hot, so in summer it was too hot to wear the leathers, and I don't like to drive without protection, so, and Uh in, in... Yeah, it was just too dry, you know, it's not like Germany. Now I live in Germany, it's so beautiful here, everything is so lush and you've got loads of small rivers that you can drive along and that's really what sort of opens my heart when I go for a nice ride uh, through the Mm -hmm. forest and along the rivers and small lakes and what have you. But in Spain that was not much fun, so after a few years there I sold it because I hardly ever used it. But now I'm envious, oh... Yes, well, I'm having a wonderful, wonderful
0: summer being a biker chick, I must say. So (laughs) let's dive right into your book. (laughs) So now your book is called To Be or Not to Be, The Choice is Yours. Why did you choose that title?
2: Because it is my conviction that we have a choice in life at all times. Even when life looks really bleak, we have a choice. You know, we can always turn our lives around no matter where we are and no matter who we are and no matter at what time in our life we decide. You know, we wake up. I call that our wake-up course in the book. When we wake up and we ask questions like, who am I, what am I doing here, is this all there is, there's got to be something more, (laughs) and these type of questions... That many people ask themselves, around middle age especially. And, um, yeah, and we have a choice. So it is about being, to be or not to be. We all know that from Shakespeare. And the choice is yours. You have a choice. And the subtitle is Get Your Dreams Back and the Courage to Make Them Come True. Mm -hmm. And I think we will talk further about dreams and and why it's important to have dreams and why we need to be dreamers. And, uh, yeah, and we actually need to start believing that we can make them happen, too.
0: (laughs) This is true. Now, I have read the book, and I loved it. And the reason I loved it is because, you know, there are many self-help books out there, and uh, they get you all excited and all exercised, and you're ready to do something, and then they don't really tell you how. The thing I liked about the To Be book is that it not only gives you the inspiration to actually do something about your life today to get it to where you would like it to be or to start dreaming about getting it to a better place. But it also gives you exercises, step-by-step exercises that you can do for getting from here to there. And so it, it also tells you how to get to where you want to go. And one of the things, Barbara, that you tackle in your book is negative thinking. You have a really important chapter in your book called Meet Yeah, But. So tell us about Mr. or Ms. Yeah, But.
2: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, But is what we te- <clears throat> tell ourselves quite frequently. You know, we want to try some new venture. We want to do something different. And we get this inner voice saying, yeah. But, don't you think you're too old? Yeah, but, you're a girl, you shouldn't be riding a Harley. Yeah, but. <laughs> you know, this kind of constantly that that we first say, yes, but. and And people do that in everyday life. I used to be one of those people that kept saying, yeah, but, you know, this and this and this happened. Yeah, but. And this is why I called it Jebat, and I actually borrowed that from a good friend of mine, Marsha Malka, who uh, talked about it. And I thought, this is great. Meet Jebat, that sounds really good. To, because we need to personalize that inner voice that we all have. And other people, mm-hmm. like Blair Singer, they call it the little voice. Inside our head, I call it the little man that sits on our shoulders or little woman that says, hey, you're not good enough. eh, hey, who do you think you are? You know? Yeah. And we need to overcome that, really. But first of all, how do we overcome it? We have to become aware of it. And I recommend, for instance, putting a rubber band around your wrist. Make it big enough so it doesn't cut in. <laughs> but... Put a rubber band around your wrist, and whenever you hear, you know, whenever you have this inner dialogue that is disempowering for you, that is telling you you can't do something, or you are not good enough, or you are too old, or you are too young, or you are too fat, or you are too thin, or you are, you know, whatever it might be, all these messages, you don't have the right education. I mean, nobody really cares today that much about education. It is about who you are and what you can do that That counts, and when you have that disempowering dialogue with yourself, then snap that rubber band and If you would see me in person, you would see that I have some marks on my wrist because I snap <laughs> it still <laughs> even today. you know sometimes when i when I 'm onto a new venture and I know that I am going to uh, you know, have some disempowering messages that are telling me, are you sure you really want to go there? Are you sure that anybody's going to turn up? Uh, you know, do you know this? And then I use it. I Why? Because we humans, we learn from pain and from pleasure. And for some crazy reason, we seem to learn easier from pain. So when we snap why we have that negative, disempowering thought that is just meant to protect us from danger. And anything outside our norm, what we always do, is considered dangerous. So, you know, this is why we have those thoughts, just as a short explanation. And you, when it comes up, just snap it away and say, thank you, but no thank you. Mm -hmm. And don't mind if it stings, you know, it's supposed to sting. (laughs) And it (laughs) teaches you subconscious that these thoughts are not appropriate. You know, I'm sure you've heard of Pavlov's dogs, and it's, you know, we can train our subconscious because this has been automated in us over the many years of our life, and we can, we have to de-automate it. (laughs) We have to reprogram our mind really so that our thinking goes towards what we want and not uh, away from what we want.
0: This is true. So, to your point, we are going to play a clip for our listeners. And uh, this is the classic, yeah, but kind of conversation that you might be able to relate to or you might have heard from some of your friends. Take a listen to this. I came back, and he asked me to go away with him again. And you said, no, again. You could go. Start fresh. Change your life. I can't. I can't. I have to be responsible. I'm the responsible one. I I can't leave. i with the practice in a mess, and I can't abandon the practice. And I can't abandon you guys, and, and Maya, did I tell you she got into Columbia? What? She got into Columbia, and she wants to go. How am I supposed to help her with that? Going to college with a baby, and... Betsy, I mean, I, I I know I owe it to her to give her the stability that poor child has never managed to have. I mean, I, why can't he understand that? Why can't he understand that? I'm just trying to be responsible.
3: Well, what's, what's going on there with your face? I should try not to cry.
1: This is a previously recorded broadcast. A live person is not available to take your call.
0: We are back with Amazon.com best-selling author Barbara Hoffmeister, who wrote the book, To Be or Not to Be, The Choice is Yours. You can pick it up at www.thetobebook.com, or you can pick it up at Amazon.com. So we were just talking about Mr. or Ms. Yeah, But, and that clip you heard, Uh, gave you the kinds of excuses that we make, right? I'm supposed to be responsible. There are people who depend on me. Why? I have to stay in this rut because it's what I'm supposed to do. So, Barbara, share with us why you are so optimistic and why you believe that anyone can change their life
2: because anyone can (laughs) it's as easy as that anyone can change their life if we stop making excuses like the lady did you know in that clip it doesn't mean changing your life doesn't mean you have to stop doing what you've been doing until now and do something totally different this is where a lot of people uh, are mistaken It's not true. You can start changing your life by taking a small step in a new direction. And if you continue to take small steps in that new direction every single day, your life will change. It will not change overnight, but in the period of a time, it will change massively. Massively. And this is also what I teach, you know, that people take small steps. Don't make massive changes. They're too painful. I mean, sometimes we need to make massive changes because it's necessary. In abusive relationships, for instance, don't stay in there and try to sort of improve the guy or improve the woman. That doesn't work. I mean, you can only change yourself and you can only do something about who you are, not about who the other person is. So if you know there is danger. Then get yourself out of there. I mean, don't wait and don't take the small steps. But normally, uh, we want to take the approach of the small steps. And for that, we have to first know where do we want to take our life. Because this is what I do. I mean, what I see most about 90 to 95 percent of people, and this is a massive number don't have a clear direction in life. They don't really know where they want to take their life. They know that I don't want this anymore. I don't like this. I don't want this in my life. I don't want to, you know, keep having this problem. This they do know, but they don't have a clear direction. But if you don't have a clear direction, how do you ever expect to get there?
0: This is true. So Now, one of the things that... Um, you talk about, which I thought was really powerful in your book, was the fact that you know you're not speaking from the perspective of someone who was born into this life of luxury with a silver spoon in your mouth, and all oh, things have been so easy. Tell us a little bit about your past and how how you where you started from.
2: Well, I started off really well because I was born into a fairly well off family in former communist Germany, but uh, the communists, of course, they did not allow entrepreneurship, they did not allow that you were running your own business or anything like that, and they took the businesses from my grandparents away, and, uh, you know, they suddenly were state-owned, and my grandparents had to work in their own businesses as very badly paid employees. And when my father saw that happen, he decided that it's time to leave. You know, <laughs> I mean, this was definitely not what he wanted for his wife and for his, I mean, for his life and his family. So we mm-hmm. escaped from communist Germany with just really the clothes that we were wearing. And my life changed very suddenly because in East Germany I had, you know, my whole family. Uh, I was the first grandchild in the family, so I was pretty spoiled. And, <laughs> and, and I had my own dog, I had my own room, you know, I mean, we were quite well off. But from one moment to the next, life totally changed. And the next day, we were in a big city in Western Germany, living in a small attic room that became our home for the whole family for the next three years. No bathroom, no kitchen, nothing. Just that small attic room. And my parents worked day and night trying to make back what they left behind. And that meant that little me, you know, eight years old, not knowing what had happened, uh, was left totally to her own devices. And Mm -hmm. that was a very traumatic experience. But I've learned something from that. And number one is that freedom isn't free. You've got to make some sacrifices. If you really want to live your dreams, you've got to get out of your comfort zone and do something drastically different, Uh, you know, like my father did, wrap up his family and and escape. Um, Second, I made a decision in those days, and I do remember that. I made the decision that, because it was very painful for me, and I made a decision that when I am big enough, I am going to live my own life my way. And believe me, I still do that today. I've, you know, that's still my number one life value is independence. Uh, And that comes from those days, really. So. Well, and
0: isn't that interesting? Because you could have turned, you could have become a victim, and you could have said, well, G Shucks, you know, we had everything, and now. Um, I I don't have my my family, I don't have my dog, I don't have my comfortable room, woe is me, we have nothing, I can do nothing. Or you could do what you chose to do, which was to say, you know what, I am rising up out of this place now, and going forward, I am going to choose to do something different. And I think too often people who find themselves in, in difficult circumstances, either because of the life circumstances they were born into or because of things that had happened to them over time. Um, sometimes, you know, f- find it really difficult to get out of that, that place of self pity and oh, poor little old me, look at what's happened.
2: Yeah. I mean, at the time, obviously I had quite a lot of self pity as a little girl. I, my mother told me that I was crying constantly and that I obviously felt really sorry for myself and I hated my parents with a passion, you know, you know, like, like kids do. Oh, I hate you, just because you don't buy them an ice cream. But uh, I really was devastated. However, as we can see today, you know, I rose above that. Later on, I was abused, physically abused. I was raped at 16. And that sort of turned me, all these things turned me into a very insecure young woman. Even to somebody that has no self-esteem. And I'm sure many people can relate to that, because I was one of those people, if you gave me a compliment or you praised me, I would either push you away, because I felt embarrassed, or I would think that you were making fun of me, you know, because I didn't feel deserving of that. And uh, that was probably the toughest part, and fortunately, a friend gave me a book by Dr. Dyer in 1978... That sort of started me on this wonderful journey of self discovery self healing and personal development you know that i 've been on now for thirty three years and i'm really grateful to her because that book sort of made me realize where i 'm where I am, what the problem is because I built this homemade Berlin Wall around me, you know, this wall of protection that you think is protection. And I see that all over the place. I did a workshop a couple of days ago locally, and, you know, I wanted to do a process with the people, and one woman said, oh, no, you know, I've got nothing that I need to let go of. Hello, you know. I mean, that would be an ideal world. We would be perfect, and there's nothing uh, that... You know that bothers us anymore everything is as it should be Uh, but of course that's not how it is but she couldn't open up and and i saw that and i thought well there's so much fear she's hiding behind her wall you know behind her protect protection but it's exactly the opposite because when we show our vulnerability as human beings this is when we attract the right people. This is when we, uh, you know, we show the loving true self that we are inside. This is when we attract these type of people that we all want in our lives that are positive that are supporting. But when we build those walls around us, we imprison ourselves. And this is really because I come from behind the Berlin Wall and I want to help people and I'm really passionate about this to tear down those you know those self made walls and let their you know let go of their boundaries because we are limitless as human beings. we've just been taught that we have all these restrictions and little yebats and and all this you know education that is telling us that we are not good, we have to be good at everything no. Uh, you know, I, I know my my niece for instance, her teacher told her, Oh, you will ne- never amount to anything at math. Oh you no. you can't say that to a kid. I mean you know, devastating for her. She never became any good at math. <laughs>
3: she
2: was well, really a intelligent.
0: Yeah. Mhm. Well, so, you know, um One of the things that you, like I said earlier, you quote Zig Ziglar quite a bit in your book, which Mm -hmm. tickled me because he's my favorite motivational speaker. But one of the things that Zig says is that you move towards the strongest impression in your mind, whether it is a positive impression or whether it is a negative impression, because Mm -hmm. your subconscious doesn't assign a value to whatever that thought is that you have. And um, so to your point, I'm going to um, uh, run a clip here about uh, negative thinking because, as you say, you know, if someone says to you, you're never going to be any good at math, and that's what you internalize and that's what you think, then even though you could be, that's exactly what happens. Take a look. My biggest fear about marriage was that someday you would leave me. I grew up in a home where people left, and I had to clean up after, and I just couldn't go through that again. And so, when I didn't see your suitcase, I thought, well, here it is. My worst fear, he's gone.
2: Amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: This is a previously recorded broadcast. A live person is not available to take your call.
2: Now,
0: one of the things that we talk about, we're back on the VOA Show with Barbara Hoffman, uh, sorry, Hoffmeister, uh, author of the To Be Book, which you can pick up at thetobebook.com. And um, the book is called To Be or Not To Be, The Choice Is Yours. You can also pick it up at Amazon.com. And, um, Barbara, we just listened to this clip of exactly what you were talking about, and uh, if I can go back to Zig Ziglar for just a moment, you know, one of the things that he pointed out, which I hadn't noticed until he said it, um, on the show we talk about life manuals, and, and your life manual is, the, you know, the Bhagavad Gita, the Bible, the Hebrew Bible, the, the Quran, depending on your, you know, persuasion. Mm-hmm. But my, my life manual happens to be the Bible, and in the Bible there is a story about Job. And Job was a uh, servant of God, faithful servant, blessed with great wealth. He had ten children, lots of livestock. He was a wealthy man. And he found out all at the same time, in the same day about, that he had lost his ten children, all of his livestock. He had lost all of his servants, and he had lost all of his wealth. And the thing that Zig Ziglar pointed out that I thought was interesting was what Job said was, in response to all of this loss, that which I feared greatly has come to pass. Which gives you some insight into Job's psyche and what his negative thought patterns probably were at the time that all of this happened. So, Barbara, you know, in your book, you talk quite a bit about negative thoughts. And what is the most effective way to deal with these negative thought habits? That stand in the way of our progress,
2: well, I already mentioned one thing that is the rubber band. you know, start becoming aware of them that's the that's very important. Start becoming aware that you have those negative thoughts, and people you know they think negative thoughts are something when I think bad about another person, yeah, that's part of it, but that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about the ninety six to ninety eight percent of our subconscious. You know, I mean hundred percent of our thoughts we are only aware of between two and four percent, can you imagine? So ninety six to ninety eight percent are subconscious. We're not normally aware of them. So we need to wow. learn to become yeah, we need to learn to become aware. And what uh why I talk quite a bit about those thoughts is because it is almost a hundred percent of us and we don't even know what's happening inside. Of us, you know, <laughs> we have fears, we have doubts, we have worries. Can you tell me what worry is good for? I mean, Nothing. somebody who... exactly, but we do worry, especially mums, uh, for something that is, you know, I mean, non-existent. It's in the future, and we don't even know if it would ever come to pass. There is a tiny chance that, you know, somebody might have an accident, but if you worry about it and you put your attention on it, i give you an example from my own life. When I was about 19 or 20, I lived in England, and I came home for vacation. And my dad gave me his car, and he told me I need it back at 4.30 when I need to go to work. So uh, I came home at 4.30, as you do at that age, you know. I mean, I hadn't seen my friend for ages, so... (laughs) I went out all night, and I came back at 4.30, and my mom <laughs> was so worried. She was totally crazy, and she said, oh, I haven't slept all night. Where have you been? I, mean, I was so worried. I couldn't sleep. I I, I mean, my, both my father and me, we looked at her like she was crazy, <laughs> and, we, and I said to her, mom, do you sleep when I'm in England? She said, of course. I said, well, what's the difference? You don't know what I'm doing when I'm in England. Wow! And she looked. Yeah, and she said, but that's totally different. I said, no, it isn't. <laughs> you know, but for her, it was totally different. So it's a it's a self made story that we create. And somebody said, worry is a prayer for a problem, you pray for a problem because you are focusing your attention and people that are good at worry, they create so much energy in that worry, they can think themselves into a frenzy and I've seen it happen again and again. So, you know, if you tend to worry, then really get the book and and read about it and you will hopefully understand how totally useless it is because it is not changing the facts it is just sort of imagining something bad to happen sometime in the future no good for anything it's just creating what you are imagining that's one thing doubt doubt is like oh my god do i can i really do this oh what if what if it goes wrong well why don't we ask ourselves what if it goes right I mean mm-hmm. that's much more fun, isn't it?
0: Well, that's but true that, because if it if it goes wrong, there's nothing you could have done about it anyway <laughs> by worrying, yeah, right? I mean
2: obviously you don't you know you you you're not supposed to be reckless or anything like that, but you know why worry and why have those doubts? What if this goes wrong that goes, you know how I deal with fear. I look at the worst case scenario when fear comes up and fear stays with you it's not something that you will totally train out of yourself but when I when fear comes up I look at the worst case scenario what is the worst that can happen if absolutely everything goes wrong and it's not likely that everything will go wrong you know that nothing will work but I look at the very worst case And I asked myself, will I survive that? If that really happens, would I survive it? And until today, I could always say, yeah, I would. I would hurt financially very often in my case. Uh, I would hurt emotionally in, in some cases. I might even hurt physically. But I would survive it. And then I can forget it. Okay, now I've looked at the very worst case, which is not likely to happen. Now I focus on the best case scenario. And what is the best that can happen if everything works and then some? And that's much more exciting, you know, and then you can paint that picture and you can paint it in in real detail. And that gets you excited and that gets you focused on what you want. But in real life, it's like this. People have financial problems. I'm just using finances because most people can relate to it or relationship problems. And they sort of worry about it and they are doubtful if they can get out of it and they don't know and what if, and what if, you know, he gets sacked and and, uh, and I don't have work anymore either and what if uh, we can't pay our mortgage and what if, and then they think about You know, I mean, they're already homeless, (laughs) and they're still living in a million-dollar home. Uh, But in their mind, they're already homeless. (laughs) Like this woman, you know, I mean, she was in a good relationship, and she's worried about him leaving her. Yeah. Yeah, the man never thinks good. about it. I had this happen a short a short while ago with one of my clients. She said to me, you know, I'm so worried that he will leave me, that he doesn't love me as much as I love him and so on and so on and so on. Now they're getting married. You <laughs> so, know? And wow. and he never I mean, he never had one thought in that direction. But her interpretation of the circumstances in that moment in their life was he's gonna leave me. And I've had it happen before and it's going to happen again. Yeah, if you think like that and if you keep telling yourself that you are not worthy enough to stay in that relationship and that it's going to happen, he's going to leave you, he's going to leave you, he's going to leave leave me. And, you know, every time he looks at another woman, you think, oh, my God, there it goes, you know, look at it. He's already looking for the next one and she's much younger than me and look at me and I am, and hey, and you will put the man off. Or, I mean, if you're a man, then you will put the woman off because jealousy and all this kind of thinking will put the other person off because you will exude that energy. Every mm-hmm. single thought that we have is energy. So,
0: Well, and, you know, as you're thinking about that, what I what I'm hearing from you also, Barbara, is that negative thinking, just like positive thinking, is a choice. We get to choose yes. whether or not we're going to think negatively and or whether we're going to have positive
2: thoughts. And it's not just something that happens to you. You can control it, right? You can control it. You can learn to control it, and you can definitely... Start focusing only on the things that you want and not on those that you don't want. And with that, I don't mean ignore it, you know, because then you would definitely be in in trouble if you don't pay your bills (laughs) because you're ignoring them. But focus on what you want and, you know, be grateful for what you already have. That's another thing that I consider the secret really to a happy life is give thanks every day. And you can Mm -hmm. give it to yourself, you can give it to your life, you can give it to the universe, to your God. makes no difference. Just be grateful. Adopt that attitude of gratitude at night before going to sleep. Give thanks. In the morning, so you go to sleep on a positive note, you give your subconscious the opportunity to think positive thoughts, you know, and process positive things. And in the morning, before getting out of bed, give thanks again. For all the wonderful things you're looking forward to in the day. And... By doing that, just for a few weeks even, you start to feel lighter. You start to feel better. You start to actually look uh, for the good things in your life. And you start to see, wow,
0: there's I was going to say that's an excellent segue into our next clip because it talks about, you know, stop making excuses for the things in your life that you don't want. So let's take a listen to this. And um, hopefully, it's going to be sort of epitomize all of the things that that the To Be book stands for. Hey.
3: Have you seen Addison? Uh, I think she went home. And there's no reason for her to hang around.
0: I not like we have any patients coming in.
3: Yeah. You okay?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm you know, just i has gone. I didn't go with him,
3: so. You know, whatever. Oh, nay. If I could have made it work with Addison, I would have. I wish... Honestly, I I wish that we were still together. That makes me feel so much better. Thank you. I'm just saying it's hard, you know, to, to find happiness. So you find happiness wherever you can. And... If that's worth life, if he makes you happy.
0: It's not that easy. Hey,
3: it's exactly that easy. No,
0: it's not. No, I've got the practice. I have Betsy. Hey, listen to me. Maya. I'm the
3: father of your child, standing here, telling you to run off and be happy with another man. Now, you need to listen to me, because it's the only time I'm going to say this. No. You're making excuses not to be loved. Don't stick around for the practice. I mean, practice, maybe it's time to let it go. And Betsy, all a child needs is love. And as long as you two are together, she can be loved by you anywhere. But you, and God knows why. But I guess you can only be loved the way you need to be loved. With five. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be loved.
1: Oh, well, you should go. This is a previously recorded broadcast. A live person is not available to take your call.
0: So, Barbara, to the person who has listened to this discussion and says, yes, I am ready to take some action and um, change my life for the better, because no matter where you are, there are ways that you can improve it, and, um, you know, what steps should they take? The the first one, you know, in my head at least would be uh, go through some of those exercises in the book because, you know, I consider myself a very uh, positive person and uh, there's an exercise where um, you suggest that we write down, you know, 121 things about yourself that uh, you use to define yourself. I am i am happy i am intelligent i am bright i am this i am that and you talk about focusing on the negative aspects of the way that you define yourself and working on those and i went through those things and actually when i started out i couldn't think of 121 ways to describe myself but most of them probably except for maybe one or two were were very positive things that i truly believed so I think of myself as a a very positive person, but even then, as I was going through the exercises and visualizing what I want and being specific and and going through all of those things, I found that I had uh, a lot of work that I still had to do to get from here to the place that I want to be. So to the person who says, yep, I'm ready, are there other resources that you would recommend for what they can do?
2: Well, you already mentioned visualization. I think that's a very powerful way of doing things. Visualize, imagine, because that's all visualization is, imagine what you want. You know, imagine what life would be like if everything was perfect. (laughs) And imagine, for instance, your ideal day. What would your ideal day look like? And really do that in every tiny little detail and i mean you know this when you eventually write it down you've got to really feel it you know you've got to live it internally that's why the details are so important you start with the moment you wake up and go to the moment you go back to bed imagine every tiny little detail where are you who are you with what are you doing what are you eating what are you drinking what are you talking about what's Outside, you know, what you see, is it winter, is it summer, what have you. And really do that in every tiny little detail until you start feeling this warm feeling, you know, that that we have in our tummies when we are freshly in love or something like that, when we're really excited about our life. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's really the same exercise. Start falling in love with your life. Start falling in love with who you are. And and you can create that in the future. It doesn't matter, you know, where you are today because your subconscious doesn't know the difference between yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It just knows it is. And it will give you the opportunities once you've created what you really want in your mind. I recommend writing it down in every detail too and keep working on it and, you know, keep adding a little bit every day Also so that you read it every day and that you think about it and that you feel it every day. Emotions are very important here. And then have absolute faith that you will experience it. That's the second part, really. Know what you want. Number one, believe you can get it. Believe you can make it happen. And everybody that has an idea can make it happen. That's a fact. Uh, So, you know, write I mean, imagine in detail what you really, really want and start with something small if if need be, you know. But I recommend imagine five years from today a very special day in your life where you celebrate something really special, a big achievement or a round birthday or something like that and just imagine that in every tiny little detail. If life was ideal, what would that ideal day look like? and start believing that you can make it happen. And you will see that your subconscious will help you see the opportunities to actually make it happen. So take your focus totally away from what you don't want anymore and put it 100% what you do want, because what you focus on expands. And then take consistent, inspired action (laughs) to actually make it happen, because you are responsible for your life, nobody else, everybody has their own dreams and their own agendas. So you are responsible for your own dream and only for your own dream, and Start moving in that direction, baby step by baby step, if need be. Take it slow, but start doing it. And uh, inspired action means just that whenever you take an action, just think about it, you know, is that next step that I plan to do uh, right now, is that taking me closer to my dream? And I and... I I can guarantee that everybody who does it like that will get to their dreams.
0: And this is this is uh, just sort of the thought that strikes me um, when I'm thinking about, you know, the, the sort of the yeah, but uh, conversation, which is when I try to apply that concept to my relationships, whether it's my relationships at work, my relationship with my children, my relationship with my parents, my family, my significant other, and so on, Part of the part of the challenge is that, you know, I cannot control what the other person does. And I think in relationships, especially with our loved ones, we spend way too much time thinking about how we'd like to change mm-hmm. them. And so when we're thinking about applying these concepts to improve relationships when you don't have the power to change the other person... How then can I apply these ideas to improve my overall relationships if I can only control
2: myself? When I am happier, when I am more satisfied, when I am feeling better about myself, the relationship will automatically improve. I mean, I can give you an example. Uh, Many years ago, I went to landmark education to... uh, Seminar there for several days, and it really gave me a big breakthrough, and and I was so filled with love, so filled with love for my parents. And here in Germany, we don't tell our parents or kids, you know, we love you, love you, love you all the time. It's just sort of not done. <laughs> so all I wanted was to drive home and tell my mom and my dad how much I loved them and how much I appreciated all that they've done for me, and. Uh, and i was driving my father's massive motorhome and he'd given it to me for the first time that i could go somewhere for a few days you know and as i came home i was so full of love you can't even imagine and my father was standing at the door he'd already opened the gate so that i could drive in and all i was thinking of is how I would open the door and the steps would go down and I would fly into his arms and tell him how much I love him. And uh, as I opened the doors and the steps came out, my father was standing there with arms in hips on hips and, and looking at me really upset. And he said, what have you done to my motorhome? You know, something like that.
1: My normal
2: reaction... <laughs> would have been to shout back because I hadn't done anything consciously, you know, I was not aware of having done anything. So I would have shouted back and immediately we would have had another fight, which we had quite frequently. And because I was so full of love in that moment, all I did was walk down those two steps, go to my dad, put my arm around him and say to him, Where dad? And he walked me around the motorhome. He showed me the scratches at the back. And I swear to God, I didn't know about them. You know, these things are so long that you don't mm-hmm. hear what happens, you know, Achoo. that much behind you. So I hadn't noticed. And uh, so I apologized to him. I said, I'm sorry, that I hadn't noticed. And we walked inside the house hand in hand, lovingly. I hadn't told him I love him, but because that energy, I mean in that moment, but because that energy was within me, so strong in that moment, I was so loving and feeling that love that the, everything was defeated. You know, the argument, the the fight that we would have had, his anger, everything was defeated because I was love. So wow. we change our relationship by being love. But we have to start being unconditional love, no judgmental and not with high expectancies of the other person. We can only be the best us. And by being the best us, if we love and accept ourselves unconditionally, then we will also be able to love and accept the other person unconditionally and not say if he does that i leave him if he doesn't do that you know i won't love him anymore he doesn't get any sex or anything like that the yeah it's one of the tools that women use you know so yeah it it it, it comes from us We are the change, I think Gandhi said it, we are the change that you want to see in the world. If you change and start looking within and start loving yourself, even though you make mistakes and even though you are not perfect, but none are, you know, so don't have, you know, don't judge yourself. Why is it that criticism hurts us much more or touches us much more than praise? Does that make sense? Because
0: That's destructive. We, it is destructive, but I think we tend to be we tend to lean towards the negative thought habits, don't we? And so, when somebody says something like negative, it, we believe it. But we can change
2: it. If, if mm-hmm. I, I tell you, if you see me in person and you give me a compliment, you know, like you said something really nice about the book that it's unique because it has the exercise inside and it really helps people. Uh, by telling them what to do and how to do it, uh, this is, I feel so proud, you know, I feel so good. And I, I can really say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And I open my arms wide. If you see me, you would see that I open my arms wide when I get a compliment or praise. And I take it in that I close my arms over my, uh, over my, uh, heart. And I really take that compliment that plays in. Why? Because it's important to me. But when somebody criticizes me, I will take that, you know, and I will think about it. I would think, okay, maybe they have a reason to do that. Maybe I didn't do that in the right way, and I can apologize. No problem at all. But I will have my hand out in a stop sign mm-hmm. so that I protect myself. Uh, yeah. You know, a couple of days ago, I was uh, having my fingernails done, and I have a very good relationship with the lady there. And, you know, so she was telling me about some issues she has. And and a friend of hers had criticized her, you know, about three or four weeks ago. And she started to cry while she was telling me. And I said, wow, why are you letting that so close? Maybe your friend had a bad day. And she just lashed out because you're such good friends. And as good friends, sometimes we lash out because we need to let go of some anger. It's not good, but sometimes it happens.
0: Sometimes and it happens. This is true. So now we have just a few minutes left, and I wanted huh. to ask you about um, uh, resources because I think you have some groups that you that you um, have as well that you run. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's right. I run a coaching group, uh, that is, uh, the success cycle, uh, and then I run a mastermind group, and the mastermind groups are extremely dear to my heart. I mean, all of my clients are dear to my heart, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this. But the mastermind group is just, I just do that twice a year, and now is, you know, the second one of this year, and Mastermind concept comes from Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, another good book to read, and it means that a group of like-minded people join forces together and help and support each other, hold each other accountable. This is so powerful, you can't even imagine. I mean, just by accountability alone, you are six to nine times more effective and efficient than you would normally be. So that's extremely helpful. But apart from that also... Just imagine a brainstorming with, I mean, the group is a maximum of 12 people max. Um, So we really work closely together. And uh, just imagine brainstorming with totally different people who have totally different perspectives and totally different ideas. And you brainstorm something, a problem that you have, a challenge that you have in your life, and you brainstorm that with the group. And you will come up with hundreds of solutions for that. Because as Einstein said, you know, you can't get yourself out of the problem with the same thinking that got you into it in the first place. So this is why this is, this is so, yeah, it's so so very powerful. So if anybody is interested are these, in that,
0: hmm? are these groups um, virtual? Can somebody participate by phone yes. or by conference? Yes. How does that work? Uh, okay, you so work, it doesn't matter. We work physically.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are physically. We just have to agree on a time that, you know, that depends very much where are the majority of members and what's a good time. So we do that in the first meeting. We agree on a certain time when where we meet. We use Skype for that. And we also have a conference group for the whole time, a Skype group, so people can actually talk to each other also outside of our official meeting times. And they can okay, exchange yes. ideas. and yeah. So anybody and can, can join wherever they are on the planet as long as they speak English and have an Internet connection.
0: Okay. And can they sign up for one of those groups off of the2bebook.com?
2: Yes, they can find most of my information on the2bebook.com. And, uh, yeah, and I hope to see them there. and Leave some comments, how you like the show, or... You know, if you have questions, just ask me questions. I look forward That's to hearing from from your listeners. I think it was a wonderful show really because I love this idea with the clips. <laughs> That's really nice.
0: <laughs> well, I like a lot of television so I thought I need to work something in where I can watch all these where I can play all these clips because sometimes you hear something that just epitomizes exactly what yeah. you're trying to say. Now, we could talk all day, but unfortunately we are at the top of our hour and this concludes uh, this episode of the Speedway Show. Barbara Hoffmeister, thank you so very much for joining us today. I have just had a delightful time speaking with you.
2: And so have I. Thank you very much for having me. It was a great pleasure, and I just wish we had more time. You know, there's always, when I get carried away, I'm always so excited to talk about this and to be able to really help people. And anybody listening, take your life into your hands, take responsibility and focus on what you want, and it will happen.
0: Absolutely. Now, for listeners, if you would like to follow the show, um, if you like the show and thought uh, you'd like to listen to the rest of them as they come up, you can simply click on the blue icon under my picture that says follow on the website at blogtalkradio.com slash and you will receive future show updates. Tell us what you thought about the show. You can post a message on Facebook on the public group called Successful Relationships or the fan page, The Speeway Show. And you can also send me an email at success 7 at Groups.facebook.com. Everyday people, everyday lives. You don't have to be a celebrity to be a guest on our show because even they have everyday joys and challenges in their relationships. If you would like to be our guest, you can send me an email, again, at success 7 at groups.facebook.com. Success, and then the number 7 at groups.facebook.com. Join us next week when our guest speaker will be Colin T. Nelson, author of the fascinating book, Reprisal. You can pick up a copy at Amazon.com, or you can visit Colin's website at colintnelson.com. That's Colin with one L, -L C-O-L-I-N, T as in Tom, Nelson, all one word, .com. Are you in an interracial relationship? Are you with someone from a different cultural background? How much do you talk about it? Let Colin take you through one man's educational journey to his enlightenment about a culture different from his own. Author of multiple books, Colin will explore the Muslim culture, Islam, and unearth facts that will surprise you. This concludes our show for today. I will leave you with a fun little ditty from the movie Tangled. Those of you who have young kids and are still watching cartoons will appreciate this. In this movie the in, and in this particular clip, the heroine has a dream of going to the palace to see these lanterns, and her guide now is being roughed up by a bunch of villains, and that's who she's talking to. So now the first guy who thinks about his dream of being a concert pianist, I want you to visualize this when you listen to him. He is this really big, burly, ugly, rough-looking character with one hand and a hook where the other hand should be. And what I want you to think about is visualize the fact that he's got this one-handed guy, big, rough neck, and he wants to be a concert pianist. And it just, for me, it just epitomizes the idea that no matter where you are, You get to visualizing, and you start thinking about what that dream relationship looks like that you want, that dream situation looks like, and you can actually accomplish that dream. And by the way, by the end of the movie, he does indeed accomplish his dream of being a concert pianist. Until next week, this is the USA. Go in peace, live well, live fully, and love deeply. Put him down!
3: and I need him to take me to see the lanterns because I've been dreaming about them my entire life. Find your
2: humanity! Haven't any of you ever had a dream?
0: I had a dream. I'm malicious, mean, and scary. My spear could curdle dairy. And violence-wise, my hands are not the cleanest. But despite my evil look and my temper and my heart, I'm always good to bring it to the Can't you see me on the stage perform Mozart? the ivory they Yes, I'd rather be called deadly for my killer jump too deadly. Hey, Cause way down deep inside I've got a dream He's got a dream, he got dream, got dream. See, as vicious as I see So I feel like breaking fever You can kill me with the dreamers Like everybody else
1: I've got a dream Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show Until next time, live well, live fully, and love deeply.